Welcome to the More Than a Mommy podcast. I am your host, Nakia Hines, and I deeply believe that we reach authentic healing through intentionality and candid conversations. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode, but even more excited that you are here with me on this journey to self-actualization. Let's get right into it. check one two one two it's your girl nakia hines now what we gonna do is okay i'm just playing but hey what's up what's up what's up what's up okay i i just said i was done and then i did it again um uh, yeah so your girl had coffee today and somehow i'm still sleepy but also hyper it's very confusing but what's up I'm so happy that you are here with me I have missed you and guess what I'm low-key procrastinating because I am doing some projects right now to wrap up the last days of this old job that I'm here in and I was listening to a podcast and I'm like hold on hold on hold on shorty I ain't even recorded in my podcast and I was like you know what This has been on my heart for a minute. Let's just get it done. And I'm hoping that this will re-energize me so I can finish what I'm doing because I love pouring into you. So how y'all doing? What you been up to? (laughs) I am doing well. I have been out here literally living life. And um, there's so much for us to talk about. But today especially, this is probably going to be short I feel like I should get a t-shirt that says that because, of course, you know I say that at the beginning of every episode and then we're like, mmm, that was 20 minutes. But I really think this is going to be short because I have a goal um, to meet in about 20 minutes. So literally, this has to be a quick one. But today, I want to talk to you about something that has been on my heart for a minute and it's about coming or not even coming from, but approaching life through a place of power. Let's get into it. All right, so the reason why this has been so near and dear to my heart, obviously, um, if you haven't picked up on the themes, I like to share the things that I have learned along the way and the revelations and breakthroughs I have because, or I have had because I learned very early on in this journey that, um, you know, the thing that is blessing me also has the capacity to bless somebody else if I don't hoard it. And if I share it, um, I learned that because when I just would start to share even small moments of my experience, there would be so many people who the message resonated with or who needed to hear what it was that I thought was specifically for me. Now, don't get me wrong. um, There will be times when God gives you a message and he gives you a word that is specifically and uniquely designed for just you. Um, But then there's also just such an abundance of his love that we need to make sure to share what he gives us because the fruit bears seed or the seed bears fruits in so many ways. And the way that it blesses me may bless you the same, or it could be different. But if we hoard the things that he tells us, the things that we learned, I really and truly believe that 
it's a disservice to the Holy Spirit within us. I truly believe in collective care and community well-being. And I think that each one needs to teach one so that we can continue to learn from each other as we operate in our own gifts, in our own talents, and in our own uniqueness. Um, so with that being said, this whole idea of approaching life from the place of power came to me one day when I think maybe I had just had a revelation through meditation or when I was talking to my therapist. I really don't know exactly when it happened because when I tell you I've been sitting on this, I really have been, um, not for any particular reason. But the understanding that I came to was that so many of us, especially those of us who have experienced trauma, any type of uh, trauma with a capital T or a small T, anything that has impacted our lives in a big way that hasn't been necessarily the most positive way, um, when we experience especially prolonged trauma, it, it shapes our mentality and our mindset. Right. So fear is supposed to be a thing that helps us identify danger. But many of us, instead of allowing fear to be used as a tool, instead, it becomes a practice and it becomes a lens. And uh, when fear transitions out of its lane, if you haven't listened to my episode about stay in your lane, please listen to it um, from what I can see on this end. Clearly, y'all must have been sharing it because the the plays are out of this world. And I'm grateful that it's reaching people and hopefully blessing people. But when we allow fear to operate outside of its lane, that's when we adapt something called the defeatist or victim mentality slash mindset. And I've talked about this a little bit on social media, I think, uh, not too long ago. And basically... You know, I've come to realize that we can operate in a defeatist mindset without even knowing it. And I was doing that myself, partially because of how I was taught to interact with life and partially because of all that I had experienced. So without going down too much of a rabbit hole, remember, somebody got to hold me accountable to this time, child, because, you know, girl, I'll be out here talking and I'm like, oh, Girl, you're supposed to do that little project. So listen, I ain't going to go too deep. But uh, just for context, you know, I have experienced so much in life. Just at a lot has happened for me in not even just these 32 years, but I'm thinking back to my inner child, my formative years. Um, many of you know that I'm a cancer survivor. Um, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma by the age I was diagnosed at the age of 11. But even before going through that whole ordeal, I had experienced a lot just within our home. And uh, nobody necessarily told me that, hey, Nakia, your job is to be the one to hold it together. But baby, somewhere along the way, I heard that message. And so from I'm talking about girlhood before even really puberty, I think I had uh, adopted this role of being the one to hold it together, the one who never really processed the impacts of trauma because I wanted to make sure everyone else was okay. And I wanted to, I guess, even in that, of course, all of this is subconscious when you're little, but I wanted to make sure I was okay by just kind of normalizing it and then trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this better so that we can have some sort of harmony? Okay. 
I just want to let you know if you are young or old, that is not healthy and that is not the way to live because we cannot heal a wound if we keep just ignoring it, if we keep just putting band-aids on it without addressing it and cleaning it out, even though that clean sting might hurt a little bit. If we don't allow ourselves to dress that wound in an appropriate way, it's just going to continue to fester and just stay there. You're not going to be free of that wound until you really do the work of cleaning it out. Um, So anyway, my point is, With all that I had and have experienced that has been traumatic, to me, I started to think that, you know, especially these things were things that were kind of not understood in a way that could be explained when I experienced them. So like if I use the example of childhood cancer, you know, our doctors kept telling us like, we don't know why this happened. We don't know what the root cause is. We don't know, you know, what made Nikia different to experience this? Because nobody else in my family had experienced this. And we all had, you know, the same environmental toxins, the same food toxins, you know, just same type of deal. But it was only me that uh, that experienced that situation. So, and I'm, oh, and I'm really a big person. Like, I have no issue with um, processing things. But when I don't know what the the cause is, that's when I have trouble with like, okay, now it feels like a really big, overwhelming thing. That's not, that's not good for my spirit, you know? So when things started to happen, I started to adopt this mentality, like, yo, anything could happen to me. And I'm not talking about anything good. I'm talking about like that ball was ready to drop in my mind. If something really good was happening, I'm like, all right, I know that I got to turn this corner to um, welcome this next challenge. Because I think I started to believe that good things didn't happen with without a cost. So I thought that if good things were happening for me, that it had to be something on the end of the other side of the spectrum that was waiting for me and that had to accompany that good thing. And before you knew it, before I knew it, it felt like, and I didn't trust me when I'm, I'm like looking out into the abyss right now. Cause I'm thinking about this as we're talking together. I did not know that this was a victim mentality till 2021. So I'm talking about like decades of experience in this and looking at life through this lens, all based in fear. I want to make that clear. Um, if you're processing this for yourself, but um, the victim mentality, the, the the defeatist mentality really is just rooted in an understanding or belief because even when we understand things or we think we understand things, if we don't acknowledge that that level of understanding is limited, which it always is because we're never going to understand everything that is to be understood, but when we have an understanding that is limited, but we don't know it's limited, we think that it's truth. So the first thing, if you want to really process how you are feeling is to ask yourself, like, are these feelings rooted in truth or is this just how I feel? Is this this just my experience? So that mentality was birthed from my experiences and not knowing that other people lived different ways. So when I started to understand, like, wait a minute, and this is from meditation and therapy and prayer and getting in the word and understanding God's plan for me, because a lot of people have been sharing that people talk about, you know, how, not how, but people talk about healing, but they don't tell us how to do it. And I I understand that. So I want to be intentional about sharing how I got to where I've gotten 
But, you know, I realized that other people were experiencing life in another level, like on a different timeline, and that our mentality is really like the steering wheel to where we go in life. It all stems down to what we believe. And really what convicted me is it stemmed down to what I believed, that God believes about me. So if I really accept him as my father, as the one who loves me, as the one who will work everything out for my good, then how can I reconcile that with that underlying belief that bad things could happen, bad things would happen? And, you know, if something is going to pop off, it's going to pop off for me. And I think another thing that really made it difficult for me to finally process this was because literally I kid you not you can ask people who know me and they can vouch for me since I have been young of course we've all made mistakes and I have definitely needed God's forgiveness but for the most part I have literally tried to like be an A plus an A plus Jesus student okay like I really tried to share the word be obedient in my quiet time not just what people see but like literally walk the walk that he has intended for us and I know that I have not been a hypocrite I have not been doing things that are like you know shunned by God I've really been trying to be the daughter he called me to be and so I'm like if I can be doing my, you know, giving my best effort at walking in purpose and being obedient to you, and these terrible things have still happened to me, then is this what I deserve? Like, I'm going to just be 100% raw because I think there are a lot of people who probably feel like this. And the truth is, no, it's not about what you deserve. So life is happening for you, uh, not necessarily happening to you. But you are not the center of the universe. So things happen and they can work for your good. But we have to stop internalizing and personalizing so much because some people are like, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh, why did it happen to them? And why this and why that? But really, like, what we believe is what we call forward. And it's not to anybody's fault necessarily because everything is passed down. It's our responsibility to basically unlearn and relearn what we need to learn so that we can begin to operate from a place of power. Very long um, context for you, but I hope that you understood where I was going with that. So a place of power really looks like I guess operating from a space of being confident, not like the pseudo confidence that we might see on social media, but really understanding that God sees us as valuable. He sees us as necessary and he was intentional in the way that he created us. That has been like the best learning I've had so far, I think, because there is so much <laughs> out in the world that tries to convince us that who we are, who we are at the root and core of ourselves is not enough. You know, you see all these uh, young ladies and these grown women honoring themselves by getting like the BBLs or the plastic surgery or, you know, the bundles and just not comfortable or filters. They're, they're not comfortable 
being their authentic selves or men who try to overcompensate in ways that just like does not honor who they are when they are alone with themselves in their most authentic way. And um, that's a lie and trick from the enemy. And the enemy is not wise, but he is crafty. So he knows what tricks work and he just continues to use them over and over and over again since the beginning of time. He had Adam and Eve question the word of God. He created doubt within them and it worked. So he's like, hey, these are the first little things God that made and this worked. I'm going to keep this one in my toolbox. And ever since then, he has been allowing or he has been utilizing doubt as a way to get us to not operate in our highest potential. And I'm going to slow down right there because I hope you eat that up and you you like think about how you can let that show up for you, basically. He has been utilizing doubt to stop us from operating in our fullest potential. How many of us have felt like, oh, I don't feel like I should be the one to say this, or I don't feel like I am qualified to use my gift in this way or X, Y, Z. Like for me, what I saw maybe three or three or four years ago was that I knew I had a gift to speak and to inspire others, but I had been so conditioned externally by people who did not like peers or people who thought that I should not have the audacity to operate in my full potential, uh, who didn't really, it didn't sit well with them. And if you shine and somebody is comfortable in darkness, it's not going to sit well with them, but that is not your responsibility. And when I realized like, wait a minute, this, uh, second guessing of myself, this doubt, this uncomfortableness with uh, speaking out and being bold in the way that I speak about the Lord and how he is willing to bless us, that is all actually a very intentional trick from the enemy. But it's been successful because I thought it was me that believed these things. I thought it was me that <laughs> was the creator of these thoughts when it was really him that originated these lies. So that is when I think my turning point was for understanding like I have a responsibility to come from our place, a place of power. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about before we wrap up here is that when you don't operate from a place of power, that is when I have seen, not even just from myself, but from others, that is when we see ourselves being low vibrational and being sad and being depressed and feeling like we don't have anything to offer and allowing the enemy to like affect our moods, affect our mentality, affect our productivity, affect our ministry. When we don't come from a place of power, we start to lose hope and belief in ourselves and in our capability. So whatever it is that you do, especially like the, the verse says in the Bible, like as you work, do your work, not for men, but for the Lord, whatever it is that you do, I'm challenging you this week to come from a place of power. So Think to yourself, like, what am I good at? If it's good at speaking, if it's good at drawing, if it's good at whatever, think, how can I share this with the world? And when you start to operate from your place of power, remember what I talked about earlier, it was not a coincidence. We cannot hoard our gifts, right? When you come from a place of power and you start to allow God to 
move in you, to work in you, to like use that gift through you, that is when you will start to see the residual effects in your life. The gift really don't work unless you work it, basically. But when you come from that place of power, you will start to see a confidence in yourself. You will start to see basically that that light that is all that is within all of us you will start to see it shine but when you don't allow yourself to come from that place of power when you don't allow yourself to tap in to the gifts that God is giving you you will just honestly i can't say it any other way you will just continue to live beneath your potential you will continue to be depressed you will continue to be stuck you will continue to feel like why am i here and it's really because you are allowing that greatness to sit dormant within you And why? It's probably, let's review class, it's probably real talk because you are allowing the enemy to lie to you. And the reason why you're allowing him to lie to you is because you don't know it's him that's in your head that's lying. You have to, like the Lord says, we have to know his voice and we got to be able to be like, "Eh, that ain't Jesus. Nope, that don't align with the word. Nope, that's not what God says about me. It's all about like really, really understanding what the Lord says about us. How do we do that? By going to the word. I can't do it for you. I can like, you know, be a footnote in your journey to encourage you to get there, but I cannot do what the word can do. I am just a messenger to help you go back to the word to understand who you are. You are a child of God. And then you will start to understand that more as you read it. But then as you repeat it back to the Lord and back to yourself, affirm yourself and then pray. Prayer will never not work. You feel me? Like prayer is always going to be a tool that we can use. Jesus left the Holy Spirit within us. So even if you don't know the words to say, you can offer that up to the Lord and say, God, I don't know what to say to you because I just feel stuck. But Lord, I know that I'm ready for a new beginning. I know I'm ready for a new timeline. I know that I want to start operating from my place of power. And I truly believe that once you continue in that communion, you're going to see things shift in your life. Am I suggesting that all of you who are listening are not operating from your place of power? Of course not. But until our name is Jesus Christ, the son of Mary, son of God, we will always have um, higher elevations to reach. So my encouragement for you this week or this episode, I should say, is just to look at your life and examine where you are operating from your place of power and where you can do more of that. I hope you enjoyed this. I think this was pretty quick and I hope it was really rich. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.